Welcome to AM Now, where we bring you the trending accounting matters we're following. I'm your host, Adam Olson, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Nicole Harger and Matt Fisser. Each bite-sized episode keeps you and your finance and accounting teams in the know. Join us each week as we unpack these issues, topics, and accounting matters now. You're listening to AM Now, an Accounting Matters podcast. I'm your host, Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. On this week's episode, we'll recap recent standard-setting activity of the FASB over income tax disclosures to new SEC proposals around cybersecurity matters. We'll wrap it up with an update on the IASB's supplier financing disclosure standard-setting process, as well as some key reminders for companies entering their 2023 proxy season and preparing for their upcoming shareholder meetings. So let's dive in, starting with the recent updates from the FASB. Last week, the FASB issued a proposed ASU, which would establish new income tax disclosure requirements, in addition to modifying or eliminating certain other requirements. Rich Jones, chair of the FASB, highlighted the intent behind the ASU when the proposal was released. He stated, The FASB's proposed enhancements to income tax disclosures, primarily related to the rate reconciliation and income taxes paid information, are intended to help investors better assess how an entity's worldwide operations and related tax risks and tax planning and operational opportunities affect its tax rate and prospects for future cash flows. And key aspects of that proposed ASU include enhancements to further disaggregate existing income tax disclosure on a reporting entity's effective tax rate reconciliation and income taxes paid. For the rate reconciliation, public business entities would be required to disclose a tabular reconciliation using both percentages and amounts broken out into specific categories with certain reconciling items above a 5% threshold further broken out by nature and or jurisdiction. For all other entities, the rate reconciliation would require only qualitative disclosures on the nature and effect of significant differences. The proposed ASU includes an example of such qualitative disclosures. For income taxes paid, all entities would be required to disclose an annual and interim periods of income taxes paid, net of refunds received, year-to-date, broken out between federal, state, and foreign. In addition, an annual disclosure of income taxes paid, again, net of, re- net of refunds received, to an individual jurisdiction would be required when those payments represent more than 5% of the total. The proposal also includes additional disclosure requirements on income or loss from continuing operations before income taxes broken out between domestic and foreign, as well as income tax expense or benefit from continuing operations broken out between federal, state, and foreign. These disclosures would apply to both public business entities and non-public business entities on an annual basis. For public business entities, these additional disaggregated disclosures are similar to other current requirements of the SEC. There are no current requirements that exist for non-public business entities. There were also certain existing disclosures that were eliminated for all reporting entities in the proposed ASU. These include disclosures on significant changes to unrecognized tax benefits and disclosures on cumulative amounts of temporary differences for which a deferred tax liability has not been recognized. Adoption and transition for the proposed ASU would be applied retrospectively to all prior periods presented. Interesting, the proposed ASU did not include an effective date or indicate whether early adoption would be allowed. Instead, the FASB has specifically asked stakeholders to comment on both of those items for consideration in their final deliberations. 
And speaking of comments, the period to provide any to the FASB on the proposal closes on May 30th, 2023, and we expect a final ASU after deliberations from the comment period will be issued at you know sometime before the end of the year. Matt, what do we got next? Yeah, on March 15th of last week, the SEC proposed three rules related to cybersecurity risks and data breaches. The first rule, Proposed Enhancements to Regulation SP, which would require broker-dealers, certain investment companies, registered investment advisors, and transfer agents to notify individuals affected by certain data breaches. The second one addresses cybersecurity risks to the U.S. security markets, which would require certain entities that are considered to perform critical services to support the U.S. securities markets to establish, maintain, and enforce written policies and procedures that are reasonably designed to address their cybersecurity risks. Finally, there's a proposed expansion and updates to Regulation SCI, which would expand the scope of entities subject to regulation systems compliance and integrity and update certain of Regulation SCI's requirements. And due to those three related rule proposals, the SEC reopened the comment period that had previously closed last year in April. Um, so get out there and comment your thoughts. Moving along to some updates on an international front, the IASB agreed to a one-year acceleration for standards that aim to outline what companies disclose on their supply chain finance programs. We previously discussed supplier financing programs by the FASB, which issued its own standard that is currently effective in 2023 on the Accounting Matters podcast. For the IASB, the new rule would accelerate the effective date from January 1, 2025 to January 1, 2024. Entities subject to the standard will have to disclose more details, such as the size and terms of their supply chain finance programs. And this is in response to events happening in the current marketplace that the IASB is choosing to react to. Supply chain finance is essentially short-term borrowing to pay for goods and services from suppliers. Companies use these financing arrangements to free up cash, generally without a lot of cost or effort. However, historically, they did not disclose much information about the programs to users of the financial statements. Finally, as the weather changes from winter to spring around the country, we enter another change of the seasons for our finance, accounting, and legal teams, the transition from audit season to proxy season. 2023 will welcome its own set of new regulatory changes and other considerations. Some of the more key considerations this year include the new pay versus performance disclosures, as we've talked about previously on AM Now and the Accounting Matters podcast. The SEC adopted final rules that will require significant new disclosures and information statements about the relationship between executive compensation actually paid by a company and the company's financial performance. Companies with a fiscal year that ends on or after December 16th, 2022 will be required to include these new disclosures in their proxy statements for the 2023 annual meetings, unless that company is exempt from the requirements of the final rules. The final rules exempt EGCs, registered investment companies, and foreign private issuers from the disclosure requirements. In addition, the final rules contain significant disclosure accommodations for SRCs or smaller reporting companies. In addition, this proxy season, there are new disclosures on voting standards, director elections, and changes to proxy card requirements. The SEC specifically adopted amendments to rules that require new disclosure and proxy statements about voting standards and voting choices in director elections and impose new requirements on proxy cards. These amendments also require new disclosure of the universal proxy nomination deadline. 
The amendments were first effective for shareholder meetings involving director elections held on or after September of last year. And although many companies voluntarily complied with at least some parts of these amendments in their 2022 proxy statements, all 2023 proxy statements and proxy cards of companies covered by the amendments need to be reviewed to ensure compliance with the new rules. Also, there are additional requirements for certain NASDAQ-listed companies. Certain NASDAQ-listed companies will also have to comply with the new diverse director objective. This rule requires listed companies to have at least two board members who self-identify as diverse, as defined by the NASDAQ rules, or to explain why the company has not met this objective. For calendar year 2023, NASDAQ rules require companies that were listed before August 6, 2021 to have at least one director who self-identifies as female or as a member of an underrepresented minority or the LGBTQ plus community, or to explain why the company does not. NASDAQ rules do not require that directors be independent in order to satisfy the director diversity objective, but companies that have not met the minimum diversity objectives within the required time frame will not be subject to delisting if they provide public disclosures that complies with NASDAQ rules to explain why. This rule is in addition to other diversity disclosures for certain NASDAQ companies on their board. And to round us out, and to no one's surprise, ESG disclosure matters will be a priority this proxy season again. Notably, investors and other stakeholders continue to be focused on companies' ESG disclosures, and the proxy statement is more often than not where many of these disclosures currently live. The SEC previously adopted general disclosure requirements for ESG matters related to human capital, board diversity policies, and environmental regulations, and Corp Finn has previously provided some guidance on these disclosures. However, absent these rules and pending the SEC's final rule on climate-related disclosure matters, ESG disclosures currently in SEC filings are typically made voluntarily. Therefore, companies should consider the following when drafting their proxy statements this year. ESG disclosures, regardless of whether or not they are made in an SEC filing, do create potential liability for false and misleading statements under SEC rules. Companies are also increasingly including ESG factors in their executive compensation programs to incentivize the achievement of their ESG goals and to manage their risks. Companies should keep in mind that when such linkage exists, the ESG factors used and the those that are tied to compensation should be measurable, controllable, and disclosable. And that rounds out our key highlights for this upcoming proxy season this week. For a deeper dive into what's trending in accounting and finance, check out our other podcasts on the Accounting Matters feed on your preferred listening platform. Again, I'm Adam Olson. And I'm Matt Fisser. Thanks for listening to AM Now. We'll see you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. Embark makes no representation or warranty as to the accuracy or completeness of the information contained in the podcast series, and it should not be used as a substitute for consultation with professional advisors. Information discussed in our podcast may also be superseded by new guidance or as new interpretations emerge. Listeners are cautioned to carefully evaluate any relevant subsequent authoritative guidance issued.